Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And a very good Monday morning, afternoon, evening, everyone. Joe Beningo back with you again, the Older Pain Podcast. It is Monday, April 24, 2023. The Joe Beningo Older Pain Podcast is brought to you by the Hackensack Brewing Company, Anita Discount Tires, and, of course, our good friends at DraftKings. What a sports week it is in New York, okay? We got the the Knicks in the playoffs up three games to one over the Cavaliers. We got the Rangers in the playoffs up two games to one over the Devils. We got the baseball, the Mets, the Yankees, and, of course, the NFL draft coming up on Thursday. Uh, we'll get to all of it or at least most of it. But we got to start with the New York Knickerbockers. Are you kidding me? Let's be honest about this, okay? This is the best team the Knicks have had since the days of Jeff Van Gundy. Since the team in 99 and 2000 that went to the NBA Finals in 99, went to the Conference Finals in 2000 with Patrick Ewing and Allen Houston and Latrell Sprewell and Marcus Camby and that whole group. This is the best team since then. And this team is real. Let's be honest. They are a they have a 3-1 lead now in the best of seven opening round series against the Cavaliers. Let's be honest. The Knicks are a much better team than Cleveland. It is not even close. They have dominated them in the two games at Madison Square Garden after they won game one in Cleveland. And everybody went crazy about Donovan Mitchell. And everybody talked about Donovan Mitchell and how the Knicks should have traded for Mitchell and they should have gave up R.J. Barrett for Mitchell. You know what? That's bullshit. Because Donovan Mitchell might be the most overrated player in the NBA. I mean, let's be real, okay? Jalen Brunson is so much a better player than Donovan Mitchell. Is it even debatable? Seriously, is it even freaking debatable? And as far as Jalen Brunson goes, okay, this is one of the greatest free agent signings, not just in the history of the New York Knicks, but in the history of New York sports in general. I mean, this guy is phenomenal. If he's not the best point guard in the NBA, well, you know what? He's on a very short list because he is tremendous. He is the best player in this series. He is a far better player than Donovan Mitchell. And how, I just, I, I, it's unreal. And I've said this repeatedly. He's not only the best point guard the Knicks have had since Derek Harper or Doc Rivers or Michael Ray Richardson or whatever guy you want to give me. He's the best point guard since the since the great, the one and only, probably the greatest player in Nick history in my mind. There's certainly one or two. Walt Clyde Frazier. That's how good Brunson is. And this Nick team is loaded. You know, this team, 
let, let's be real about this. This team, and I understand it's only the first round of the playoffs and there's a long way to go. This team is is very, very close, if they're not already, to being a championship-caliber basketball team. Let's get real about it. What doesn't this team have right now? You talk about a guy like Brunson. Brunson's the closer. You know, the superstar that we have looked for, waited for, for all the years since Patrick Ewing, he's here now. And his name isn't Julius Randle. His name is Jalen Brunson. This guy is the best player the Knicks have had since Ewing. Let's be real. I, 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 you know, best point guard since Clyde, best player since Ewing. Not even debatable. Is it even close? And then you start to break down everybody else. R.J. Barrett, Barrett, I know he had two terrible games in Cleveland, all right? But they don't win game three without him when everybody else wasn't scoring in the first quarter. There's Barrett, you know, putting up 10 points and, you know, keeping the Knicks head above water as they were on their way to blowing the Cavaliers out in that game by 20. And then yesterday, he was tremendous. I mean, you can't play better than he played yesterday. 26 points yesterday. No three-point shots, by the way. Taking it putting the ball on the floor and going to the basket. He did it all day yesterday, all Sunday afternoon. He was getting to the free throw line. R.J. Barrett had a marvelous game yesterday. So let's put him in here. And by the way, all right, you know, say whatever you want about Zion Williamson. Does the guy ever play basketball anymore, right? Is anybody still crying that the Knicks didn't win that lottery and get Zion Williamson? I know they didn't get Ja Morant. Maybe they're better off without him. I mean, he's had some issues, as we know, off the court. But how about that? How about that? R.J. Barrett, what a tremendous game he had yesterday. And he's just another piece in what this team is now becoming, a very deep team and a team that's closing in, if not, like I said, if not there already, of being a championship caliber team. And then when you talk about the great free agent signings, obviously Jalen Brunson, you know, let's start to talk about the Josh Hart trade because this is one of the greatest trades the Knicks have ever made. And they made a lot of them. Obviously, the Dave DeBuscher trade is the marquee trade in the history of the franchise. And then, of course, the deal for Earl Monroe, the deal for Bernard King. You know, we can go right on down the line. The trade to bring in uh, Charles Oakley, the trade to bring in Latrell Sprewell. You know, whatever you want to give me. This is one of the best trades in the history of the franchise. How good is Josh Hart? Talk about a guy that does everything. You need a big shot? There's Josh Hart to hit it. How about the big three he hit uh, to really... Uh, seal, if you don't want to seal, say seal game one, but get the Knicks back in the lead that they never gave up again in game one, that huge three with the clock, uh, shot clock winding down after Cleveland had taken the lead in game one. You need a big shot, there's Josh Hart. You need a big rebound, there's Josh Hart. How about the offensive rebound he had yesterday? Uh, late in the game, Cleveland making a run. Barrett misses a three. Hart gets the rebound, gets it out to an open Jalen Brunson who hits the three, and the Knicks are right back where they need to be again. You need a big steal, there's Josh Hart. You need a big defensive play, there's Josh Hart, who did a great job yesterday on Donovan Mitchell. Did he even play Donovan Mitchell? I think he had 11 points yesterday. Really? Darius Garland has been the better player than, than Donovan Mitchell in this series for Cleveland. Let's be honest about it. He had a big third quarter to try to get the Cavaliers back in the game. Did get the Cavaliers back in the game, but obviously it wasn't enough yesterday. <clears throat> so you need a big shot, there's Josh Hart. You need a big rebound, there's Josh Hart. Need a big defensive stop, there's Josh Hart. Need a big pass made, there's Josh Hart. Need a steal, there's Josh Hart. How good has this guy been? Oh, my God. I mean, Knicks are a diff- the Knicks are a different. Maybe this is the guy that's actually elevated the Knicks to a championship caliber team. Think about it. 
And then you got the two rim protectors, Mitchell Robinson and Isaiah Hartenstein. How good are these guys under the basket? Mitchell Robinson may be the best offensive rebounder in the game. In the three games the Knicks have won, they've killed Cleveland on the offensive glass. That's been a big part of them being up 3-1 to one in this series. Robinson, offensive rebound, put back dunk. Robinson, offensive rebound, put back tip in off the glass yesterday. Right? Blocking shots, doing all of that. How about Hartenstein? What do you have, nine rebounds, three blocks yesterday? How about that? Was it Mitchell, I think? How about the block he made? Maybe it was Jared Allen. The block on Jared Allen going to the basket yesterday. Oh, my God. What a play by Hartenstein. He makes the block and he comes up with the ball. How good has this guy been off the uh, the bench? I didn't even know who he was. I think he'd been on like five or six teams before the Knicks got him. He's been tremendous. How about Quickly off the bench? Who really hasn't, you know, Emmanuel Quickly hasn't done much so far in this series. But you know how valuable he's been to the Knicks this year. He was the runner-up to the Sixth Man of the Year award uh, in the NBA this year to Malcolm Brogdon from the Celtics. But he's been tremendous. Obi Toppin, how good has he been in this series? He's been phenomenal. And how about the fact that yesterday, and I haven't even mentioned Julius Randle, okay, who basically, and you can tell me he's still not 100%, whatever you want to tell me. The last five minutes of this game yesterday in crunch time, Julius Randle is not on the floor. And kudos to Tom Thibodeau for keeping him on the bench when these other guys were playing as well as they were. And I'll tell you right now, I don't think the Knicks need Julius Randle to win. I really don't. And if I was, if I'm the Knicks in the offseason, I got to sit and really consider getting rid of this guy. And I know he's got a big contract and I know he was, you know, an all-star and all of that. I get it. He averaged 25 and a half points a game. I get it all. Julius Randle is a, never saw a bad shot he wouldn't take. Julius Randle's a guy that, you know, seems to always be in the middle of some kind of, you know, hothead situation, right? Getting technicals, whatever it may be, yapping to the refs. I don't know what you could get for him. Probably something decent. Maybe at least some draft choices. I don't think they need Randle to win at all. I got to tell you, I don't think they need him. And he didn't play in the last five minutes, and the Knicks still did what they did. No, I think this team is close. And they play defense. How about them holding... Cleveland to 79 points in game three. Think about it. It was the only game this year in the entire league, not just the playoffs, that a team didn't score at least 80 points in a game. Think about that. The Knicks held Cleveland to 79 points in that game three blowout at the Garden. The crowd has been unbelievable. You know, a few too many celebrities in the crowd for me, but you know how I feel about that. We won't get into that. But the crowd was crazy, you know, uh, totally into it the whole time. No, this team is good. This team is legitimate. This team can make a run. And who knows what's going to happen? You know, you win this series, and maybe they'll lose game five, maybe, probably. But I don't see any way they don't close it out in six. I said Nixon six before the series started. They're just a far better team. And And to me, they're as deep as any team in the NBA. I just mentioned the guys they got on this team. This is a loaded basketball team. Tom Thibodeau's done a tremendous job. Anybody calling for Tom Thibodeau to be fired anymore? Remember that nonsense early in the year where they were talking, oh, maybe you got to fire Thibodeau. Really? Really? Thibodeau has come in here. He's taken the Knicks to the playoffs two of the last three years. He's stabilized this franchise. Okay? He's the best coach they've had maybe since Van Gundy, certainly since Mike Woodson, who did a terrific job when he was here. 
the last time the Knicks actually won a playoff series now 10 years ago. Now, you got to be pumped up if you're a Knicks fan. This team is live. This team is real. And who knows what happens with the way things are breaking in the East. The Milwaukee Bucks, I know Giannis has been hurt. They're down 2-1 to Miami in this series. Is it possible Milwaukee could get knocked out by the Heat? How about that? Think about it. Knicks Heat in the second round, just like the old days, you know? Just like the days when Alonzo Mourning and uh, Tim Hardaway and all these guys that we hated, Dan Marley, these guys that we couldn't stand with Miami, right? All these guys, Pat Riley coaching the team. Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be something? Knicks Heat in the second round. But when I'm getting way ahead of myself, and I don't want to eliminate Milwaukee yet. But even if they if they win they win this series now the Knicks and play the Bucks, I give them a real shot. I give them a shot against anybody in the East. Maybe anybody in the league. This team is coming. Maybe it's not going to happen this year, but this team is close. This team is as close, the closest they've been to a championship team since the days of Patrick Ewing and Pat Riley in the mid-90s. Or late 90s with Van Gundy and Ewing and company. Right? No doubt about it. And if you close your eyes yesterday, you, t- you thought maybe Patrick was out there playing or Oakley was out there playing or John Starks, who was in the building, was out there playing or the late great Anthony Mason was out there playing, right? Or Derek Harper was out. I mean, that's what you were thinking if you were watching yesterday because that that's what, that's what the vibe was in the garden. This team is real. This is a legitimate team. And I'm telling you right now, They're going to make a big run here in the playoffs this year. And I don't know if they're going to win a title this year. Probably they're not. But this team is close. This team is very, very close to that championship team we've been waiting for in New York for 50 freaking years. They really are. The Knicks up three games to one in the best of seven against the Cavaliers. Uh, They will play game five this week, yes. I don't know why it's not Tuesday, but game five is Wednesday in Cleveland. And if the Cavaliers win that game six back at the Garden on Friday night with with what will be a wild scene at Madison Square Garden. All right, Beningo, the Yoda Payne podcast. Let's get my sponsors in here before we get to the other inhabitant of the Garden. And, of course, we start with the um, Hackensack Brewing Company. And you know the deal. All my buddies over there, Mike Jones, TJ, Herbin, and company, Andre, located 10 minutes off the GW Bridge uh, in beautiful Who Needs a House out in Hackensack, New Jersey. You know, the tap room is open from 430. I love one of the great lines in, in song by Billy Joe. Tap room's open 430 to 10 Monday through Friday, 2 to 10 on Saturday, 12 to 8 on Sunday, 78 Johnson Avenue in Hackensack, right behind the tombstones. No tombstone of me there yet, but it's getting there. <laughs> And when you go to the when you go to the, to the brewing company, make sure you check out that tombstone of that woman. It's so beautiful. And and on the tombstone, even though she's not dead yet, it says, "I'm dead now." What? <laughs> Tremendous. You can't get better than that, can you? Really, you can't. It's worth going there just to see that. <laughs> and when you go there, make sure you try my Oda Pain beer, baseball edition of it, with the Met blue and, and orange colors in honor of my baseball team. And, of course, in the football season, you'll have the Jet colors green and white. And this might finally be the week that Aaron Rodgers actually becomes a Jet with the draft coming up on Thursday and those two second-round picks sitting there that you know Cle- the Cleveland, I say that's where they got the, one of the second-round picks from, that you know Green Bay wants one of them. So maybe it finally happens this week 
But don't forget, check out the Hackensack Brewing Company then. My son Johnny, his great boss Harry over at Anita Discount Tire in beautiful Rivervale, New Jersey on Westwood Avenue. You need tires. You need work done on your car. You need anything. Go see Johnny. Go see Harry. Again, uh, Westwood Avenue in Rivervale, New Jersey. Tell him Joe sent you the great Anita Discount Tire. And finally, our friends at DraftKings, so much to bet on these days. The NBA playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs, the baseball. You can bet on, you know, who the first pick in the draft is for the Carolina Panthers. In my mind, it should be Bryce Young. We'll find out. But whatever you want to bet on, you can do it. And the way to do it is DraftKings. Golf with the U.S., not the U.S. Open, but the PGA coming up in a couple weeks uh, at Oak Hill up in New York, New York State. So whatever you want to bet on, DraftKings is the way to go. And we thank them again. They signed up for another season next year, year three in the NFL season. All right, Beningo, the Odepain podcast. All right, the Rangers, after two rousing wins in Newark in the first two games of the series, they lose in overtime in game three at the Garden on Saturday night. Uh, really a terrible. I mean, you knew early on they weren't winning this game. You knew it. Even when they took the one nothing lead, Chris Kreider getting his fifth goal of the playoffs, even then – you still didn't feel good about it. You know, the devil started this new goalie, whatever the hell his name is. And of course, he might as well have been Martin Brodeur. And thank God, by the way, that the MSG crew is going to be back doing the game tonight because I couldn't tell. Watching ABC do this game, and I like Sean McDonough, don't get me wrong, but watching ABC do the game on Saturday night, you would think it was like a a devil broadcast. I, I thought maybe Ken Danico was in the booth. Ray Ferraro, he stinks. Really. Ray Ferraro's a freaking Islander. I know he played with the the Rangers for a little bit, but he he hates the Rangers. I mean, that was the most pro-devil broadcast I've ever seen. They couldn't couldn't kiss this this rookie goal. I don't know if he's a rookie, but they couldn't kiss this goalie's ass enough. Real, no, they couldn't. I mean, I, I, I couldn't take it. I couldn't take it. But all night long, you just didn't feel good. The Rangers were 0 for 5 on the power play. And look, if they're going to win, they got to, you know, you got to give me at least one goal on a freaking power play on Saturday night. 0 for 5 on a power play. And of course, the Devils scored the tying goal on a power play on a very, very questionable penalty against Shesterkin, of all people, after one of the Devils basically ran into him in the crease. And then they called Shesterkin for the penalty because he was basically hitting him over the head while he was lying on top of him in the crease. And they called the penalty on Shostarkin. And that's when the Devils got the tying goal, courtesy of, of Jack Hughes, tying the game in, on a power play 1-1. And that eventually sent it into overtime, where you knew they were going to lose. Once they got into overtime, you knew they were losing. But you never had – if you're a Ranger fan, you never, ever had a good feel about this game on Saturday night. You just didn't. You didn't. And like I said, 0 for 5 on the power play. And how many face-offs – did the Rangers lose in the devil zone, right? How many times, like, it seemed like all five power plays, right? They, you know, they, they, they uh, faced off right in front of the devil's net. All five power plays, the Rangers lost the face off and had to start the power play from behind their own net, right? From the other end of the ice. How many times? Like, every time. And how many face offs were there in the devil zone, not just on the power play, that that happened as well? The Devils won the face-off, and the Rangers had to start, you know, had to go back from wherever to, you know, try to get back into the attacking zone and amount of charge. Terrible. They're not shooting the puck enough. 
you know, Artemi Panarin, okay, uh, we got on him last year. He did get that overtime game winner in the first round series in game seven against Pittsburgh. But outside of that, he didn't do much. And he had some chances in, in game uh, three. He had that breakaway in the first period. He basically shot the puck over the net. He had another shot on a power play. We had a real good look from an angle and basically, you know, missed the shot completely. He didn't even hit the net. So Panarin has really done very little so far. And we need to see more of him. And I know Mika Zibanejad has played well, especially defensively. He did uh, have the assist on the Kreider goal on Saturday night. But he's got to start scoring too. To me, that was the story of the game the other night. really was. 0 for 5 on the power play and all the face-off losses that the Rangers had in that game against the Devils. You just never, never felt good about it. And obviously, the home ice means nothing. And let me tell you this. You know, where the hell was the Ranger crowd? I thought Now, I wasn't there. I'm watching on TV. But the crowd was dead. The crowd was dead. Let's be real. It was louder. I heard more noise for the Rangers in Newark than I heard in, the, in Manhattan the other night at the Garden. What's going on with that? Maybe there's too many corporate people there. Maybe there's too many celebrities there. Maybe. I heard Joe Douglas was there. Joe, maybe you should be getting the Aaron Rodgers trade done. Don't worry about the Rangers. I know you've been a big Ranger fan your whole life. Give me a freaking break. And Aaron Judge sitting there. And I and look, I understand. My buddy Willie said to me, look, Aaron, he, he's a big Ranger fan. He didn't have a problem with Judge being there because he's the face of the Yankees. He wants to root for the Rangers. Really? Do I need to see Aaron Judge with a, in a, a Temi Panarin jersey sitting behind the glass, you know, in a primo seat that he probably didn't pay for? I mean, really? Do I need to see that? I'm sorry. And I would say the same thing if it was Pete Alonzo or anybody of any of the teams I root for. I don't need to see these guys there. You know, tell me he's a big Ranger fan. Stop. Okay? Give me a break. And like I said, memo to Joe Douglas. Instead of going to the Ranger game, let's get the Rogers deal done, okay? And I guess they're finally talking to the Packers again. It's about freaking time with the draft just, you know, three days away. But the Rangers need to win tonight. I mean, I tell you, I'm, I'm a little nervous now. After they blew them out in the two games in, in Newark, they got to win tonight. I, they do. I expect them to come out. They got to they got to capitalize on the power play. I want to see more. Shostarkin has been great in this series. There's no doubt about it. He's been fine. No question. And they got to shoot the puck more. I say I got to see more of them shooting the goddamn puck. Okay? That's what they got to do. But they got to come out tonight. They looked a little flat in game three. They got to come out, and they got to be smoking early on in this game, and they got to get up 3-1 on the Devils and go close them out in game five in Newark on, uh, I guess that's Thursday night. That's what they got to do. And I've said this over and over again. If the Rangers are going to win the Cup, they cannot continue to have these long seven-game, you know, heartburn series in the first couple rounds. They got to win these two games and get out of this freaking series in five games. And then see what happened. Well, we know what's happened already. Carolina. Uh, beating the Islanders yesterday. They blew them out in on the island 5-2. to two. They lead three games to one. It looks like it's all over, but the crying for the Islanders. And it certainly looks like the, the Hurricanes will be the team that uh, will be sitting there to play either the Rangers or the Devils, whoever wins this series uh, here in the metropolitan area. But the Rangers need to win tonight. That's it. There is no gray area. You can't win the two damn games in Newark and then lose the two, two games at the Garden. They need to win tonight. 
And I need the crowd to be into it. You know, the Nick crowd was into it. With all the freaking celebrities that were in the crowd at the Garden for the Nick game yesterday, uh, the, crowd, the, the two games in New York Friday as well, this crowd is into it. And Nick crowd is f- crazy. I didn't hear that with the Ranger fans. Where are they? Sitting on their hands? Maybe there's too many, like like, like Duke said, too many corporate people there. <laughs> I want to see some, some, I want to see a lot of let's go Ranger chance. I want to see some, you know, let's go. Some venom against the hated freaking devils. Let's go. I want to hear the crowd tonight be part of it. All right, please? Let's go, Ranger fans. Do do for your team what their Knicks fans were doing for their team. Let's go. So game four tonight at the Garden. And uh, game. I think the Rangers really have to win. I really do. I'm not saying they can't win this series if they don't win tonight. But if they don't win tonight, you're looking at a seven-game series. If they win tonight, they can close them out in five games. And even if they win this series and it goes seven, man, you know, that doesn't bode well in the long run. It really doesn't. You can't keep playing these long series early on in the Stanley Cup playoffs if you expect to win the Stanley Cup. And again, if somehow the Devils come back and win this series, it would be a disaster for this Ranger team that's built to win now, bringing in Tereschenko, bringing in Patrick Kane, and with all the firepower they have, and with maybe the best goalie in hockey. They have to win now. No doubt about it. All right, Beningo, the Oda Payne podcast. The draft is coming up. It's Thursday. I have heard now there's been rumblings that the, believe it or not, the Jets and Packers, Douglas and Gunkust, however you say his name from the Packers, are going to actually sit down now and are now talking again to finally get this goddamn Aaron Rodgers trade done. I mean, really, it's unbelievable. This has carried on longer than the uh, Holy War did, you know, back in the 16th century. You know, the Crusades went on longer than that. It's time now, all right? Let's get it done, okay? It looks like it's going to be done before Friday or on Friday maybe. Because you know the Packers want one of those two second-round picks the Knicks, the Knicks, one of those two second-round picks the Jets have. So if they want one of those, then they got to make the Rodgers deal this week. Hopefully it gets done this week. What a week this would be. How about this? How about this? This, this What a week this would be for Beningo, okay? And I haven't gotten to the Mets yet who had a great road trip even though they lost the last two games to the Giants. Huh? Knicks win their series. Rangers win their series. And Aaron Rodgers is finally here. What would be better than that? Tell me what the hell would be better than that. Maybe one thing, I'm not going to say what that one thing is. <laughs> if you know me, maybe you could figure it out. But that would be pretty goddamn good, wouldn't it? That's for sure. Let's hope all those scenarios play out this week. And we'll see about the first round pick. You know, maybe you're going to take one an offensive tackle. I, if I'm the Jets, <laughs> I... I'm taking a center. Give me, I, I don't want to hear it's too early to take a center with the 13th pick in the first round. Just take the best center there is because God knows they need one. You can't sell me Connor McGovern coming back for another year. He stinks. All right? We haven't had a real center since Nick Mangold retired. It's time now to free. If they, if they, what, whoever that guy is, I don't care. Maybe the guy from Wisconsin, Timmerman, or whatever his name is, I don't care. 13th pick in the draft. Why can't you take a freaking center? It's one of the most important positions in football. But God knows they need an offensive lineman 
I would not be against them, as I mentioned earlier, taking the wide receiver from Ohio State, Jackson Smith Adigbo, who is, he didn't play last year, but two years ago, when Adigbo, Garrett Wilson, and Chris Olave were the three receivers on Ohio State. How about that? Think about those three guys on a college team, okay? Smith Adigbo, I thought, was better than the other two, even better than Garrett Wilson and Olave. So we'll see how that plays out. But the Jets need an offensive lineman. And I'm telling you, why can't you take a center with the first pick in the draft? I got no problem if they do that. You know, maybe it's going to be a tackle, whatever it's going to be. I think they're going to be addressing the offensive line with that 13th overall pick. And then hopefully by Friday, round two, when they got those two back-to-back second-round picks, 42 and 43, they'll finally have the Aaron Rodgers deal done. Oh, my God. Please, Lord, let it happen. All right. Now, as far as the uh, Mets are concerned, look, let's be honest. Right now, you can say whatever you want. You got to be concerned about the starting rotation. You got to be concerned about Peterson. You got to be concerned about McGill. You got to be concerned that Verlander hasn't pitched yet. You got to be concerned that Max Scherzer, who's now on a, serving a 10-day suspension for that ridiculous, you know, sticky stuff thing that went down the other day with Phil Cuzzy. You know, what a disgrace in L.A. But even he hasn't pitched great. He hasn't been, you got to be a little concerned about him and that he may be breaking down. Carrasco's out. Quintana's out. You know, and he did get an unbelievable game the other day in San Francisco from Joey Lucchese. How good was he? Seven shutout innings, you know. If you had Joey Lucchese being the first Met pitcher this year to pitch into the seventh inning, uh, you'd retire. You'd be retired last night, right now. You couldn't even get a bet on that. Are you kidding? You'd probably get about five 5,000 to one that that would be the case. But he pitched a hell of a game in San Francisco. I know they lost the last two games there, but a seven and three road trip in in California, boy, you would have signed for that coming in. I would have been happy with a five and five. They come home, they're off tonight. They come home, they play Washington tomorrow. They're fourteen and nine overall. You know the kids are up now. Alvarez hit his first home run of the year yesterday. Beatty's up here. Let's see. But you got to be concerned. You have to be worried if you're a Met fan about the state of the rotation. And I guess Verlander is finally starting to throw. And there's talk that we may see him in early May in Detroit against the Tigers. We'll see how it gets his old team. As a matter of fact, that would be interesting. Let's see how that plays out. But the bottom line on the Mets is with all the the, the, uh, swirl around the rotation right now, seven and three West Coast trip, 14 and nine overall. You know, so far, you got to be pretty happy what you're seeing from the Mets. All right. Want to thank everybody for listening. God bless everybody. Have a great week. Enjoy it. Enjoy the Knicks. Enjoy the Rangers. Enjoy the draft. The whole thing, the baseball. And all the love, everyone.